Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Welcome to our last session this month on Voice of the Church, where we study the work of God in missions, bringing the gospel to the lost. Last week we began what really was part one of a two-part lesson covering 2 Corinthians 4, verses 5, 6, and 7. And today we want to continue that, and we want to begin with a little bit of a story. I want to tell you about one of the Christian saints in history who perhaps isn't so well known. Her name is Henrietta Mears. She was a woman who suffered from childhood with something called myopia. And if you don't know what that is, neither did I. It is extreme nearsightedness, which means she could only read or see things that were right under her nose, so to speak. It was a terrible difficulty, and her eyesight got worse as she got older. And yet, it wasn't something that deterred her. It wasn't something that depressed her. Instead, by the grace of God, she was used of the Lord to write material of a catechetical nature, of a teaching nature, for children and for new Christians. And she wrote tons of material that was used throughout North America by the church to teach people the truth of who God is. She says of her own self, I believe my greatest spiritual asset throughout my entire life has been my failing sight, for it has kept me absolutely dependent upon God. Now, today we're continuing the idea of how sometimes we can think, who are we to bring the gospel? And we can be aware of all our own weaknesses and limitations and therefore be tempted not to share the gospel or not to live for Christ in the way we should. And we began looking at the idea of how our hope in this is not in preaching ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. But I want to show you something more from 2 Corinthians 4 today. I want to show you that it is God's design and intent to use weak, frail people redeemed in Christ for his glory in bringing the gospel to others. And I want to show you that by reading God's word to you where all truth is found. Second Corinthians 4 verse 7 says this, But we have this treasure, and the treasure it's speaking of is that light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We have that beauty of God's glory. We have that treasure, says Paul in verse 7, in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. We begin with verse 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What is an earthen vessel? What is the Bible speaking of when it describes this? Some passages will say in clay pots. You see, back in the days of Jesus and the apostles, they didn't have Tupperware containers. Uh, They didn't have takeout containers. If you wanted to store something, you'd often store it in a clay vessel, a clay pot. And those pots were quite nice. They could hold your oil or your water or even your wine. And the Bible speaks of that. But those clay vessels weren't overly strong. If they were dropped, they would shatter. And over time, they had to be replaced. Clay vessels weren't worth a lot. 
they weren't the item of value. Instead, what they contained was the item of value. In reality, it's very comparable to some of our items today for holding things. Think about a plastic water bottle. That plastic water bottle holds your water, but what you'd want when you're thirsty is not the plastic bottle. You want the water it holds, because when you're done, the plastic bottle is to be recycled. It's worth very little. Think of Tupperware containers. As sturdy as they may be at times, uh, especially if you don't buy the name brand, they don't last all that long, do they? They hold your food, you're hungry to eat what's inside them, but the Tupperware container itself is really not all that big a deal. And what God is teaching us here in 2 Corinthians 4 is that God has intentionally taken weak human beings and filled them with the glory of the gospel so that when people come to know Christ, there'll be no confusion of who is glorious and who is not. So that when God uses people like Hudson Taylor, people like Paul the Apostle, people like Henrietta Mears, people like you or like me, that when God uses us to bring others to know Christ or love Him more or understand Him more or to turn from their sin, when God uses us, they would be able to know because of our weakness and because of our frailty that the power they have experienced is simply not human, but it's God Himself. You see, sometimes we begrudge our weaknesses. Sometimes we think if only we could speak a little clearer or better, if only we were a little stronger, if only our health was a little more steady, that we could be of greater use in God's kingdom. Have you ever thought that? You look at the super pastors of our day, or the super Christians in your church, and they seem to be so gifted and so strong, and you think to yourself, if only I had those gifts, then I could be really used of God. The Bible teaches something quite different. First of all, every member of the church, every person who stands by faith in Jesus has gifts that God has given them. You are uniquely gifted and equipped to reach the people in this world that God would have you reach, to encourage them, to challenge them, to build them up, to be built up by them. No one in the kingdom of God is without the gifts that God wants them to have. But secondly... Not many mighty, not many wise, not many strong are called. The beauty of the gospel is that God has made it known through weak people. One of my favorite stories is when Peter and John, they have been used of God to bring healing to a man who was sitting at the temple gate and was lame from birth. And when they give healing, and when the Lord gives healing to this man, they are put on trial. Peter and John are put on trial before the Sanhedrin, the court of the day. And they are asked how this thing happened. And when they are asked, Peter says, Why do you look at us as though by our own strength or our own power we have made this man walk? It is by faith in the name of Jesus that this man stands before you whole. Peter points all the glory to God because he says we don't have that kind of strength. And the intriguing thing is later, Peter and John will be on trial for sharing and speaking the gospel of Christ. And they will give a similar answer. They will have to speak to these uh, great judges and, and, and learned men. 
And when they do, they will answer about how there's salvation and no other name but the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that when the court, the Sanhedrin, heard the courage of Peter and John and realized they were uneducated and untrained fishermen, that they knew these men had been with Jesus. Now, what's beautiful is that all through the beginning, when you go through the Bible and you read the New Testament and you watch the church grow by leaps and bounds and 3,000 people are converted in a single sermon or 2,000 more are added down the road, when you see these great works of God and saving souls, what you need to remember is that when God does this, he's using jars of clay. He's using earthen pots. He's using untrained and uneducated fishermen that never finished their high school. Do you believe that you have limitations that would keep God from using you? Beloved Lord, you don't need to be afraid. And you don't need to think you need to become a certain strength of person or have a certain level of education or giftedness to be used of God. You have to realize the power of the gospel is not dependent upon us. And isn't about our abilities or our gifts. It's about lifting high the name of Christ. And this is done on purpose by God, so the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, God doesn't want to share his glory. He doesn't want to have people saying, wow, what a great person. He wants them saying, what a great Savior. What a great Savior. As Paul goes on to teach, it means a certain thing for the church. It means that no matter how tough things may be, God will neither fail his people, nor will he allow the gospel message to be stopped. The text goes on to say we're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Christians can have difficult days. There can be times, and there were times, when Paul felt like he was being pressed in upon on every side. And yet he was not crushed because God sustained him. There were times when he didn't understand God's plan. It says we are perplexed. We don't understand everything going on. And yet, even though we don't understand it all, we're not in despair. Why? Because our hope is in Christ. We are persecuted, says Paul in verse 9, but we are not forsaken, struck down. That is a physical term. That means Paul was actually hit until he fell, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. You see, Paul understood that even in times when the church seemed weak, even in times when he felt weak, The Lord on high was mighty. And this is such an encouragement to us today. We don't live in a time when the church is overly strong. And we certainly live in a time when it seems like the world is. It seems like the ideas of truth in God's word are constantly and all the more under attack. I had friends who have been out of this nation of Canada for 13 years and they came back to visit and they were floored by how hostile our nation had become to the things of Jesus. You can't even speak the truth of God anymore without some of those truths being deemed criminal. It seems like the church is weak. It seems like the world is strong. But beloved in the Lord, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid when it seems like the enemy holds all the cards. Don't be afraid when you look at yourself and say there's so little to offer. Just like we know the love of God by looking to Jesus, we know the power of God by looking to Jesus too. And perhaps God is pressing us hard on every side, and perhaps God is leaving us perplexed that we might only be brought to put our hope where it always should 
have been in the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who still commands sinners to repent and be saved today. The beauty of the gospel and the beauty of the church is that God has chosen to take what is of all surpassing power and glory and put it in the lives of clay vessels. And he has done this for his own name's sake. Beloved, when you are a clay vessel, when your pastor is a clay vessel, when your church is full of people who are still broken with things to work on, lift up your eyes to the king and source and power of the church. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and realize that God can use even the weak in the eyes of the world to do great things for the gospel of Christ. And then may we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Beloved in the Lord, God has given us a reason for sharing the gospel, and he has given us a gospel to share. And he has promised the power of that gospel will not rely upon man, but is firmly rooted in a God of all power and all honor, who will work despite our weakness for the glory of his name and for the saving of his people. May the Lord grant us that we can be missionaries, witnesses to Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel with those around us, encouraging those who know him, that God may be glorified and his church built up in love and truth. God's blessings to you, and we'll see you again next month on Voice of the Church.